Hey everybody, this is TA and welcome back to the Recourse Podcast. Today, my friend Jessica Rothmeyer is here in the library. She is a professional counselor with over 20 years of experience and she also has an amazing ministry called Kingdom Mindset Global. She's also an author and today she took time to be able to talk through her ministry, some of the amazing opportunities and experiences she's had in ministry and some of the things that are coming in the future. And I think you're really going to enjoy some of the words of wisdom that she has to share. So sit back, enjoy, and let's jump in with Jessica. Branch out from there. So we'll start with how is it that we have come to know each other? Well, the first time I met you and your husband was at the newcomers class at our church. That's right. So we were both kind of coming into River of Life at the same time. That's right. Now we figured out from that point that we actually had a tur- attended Church of Hope. It was an offshoot of Now Then Alliance. So it was kind of like a church plant-ish kind of church. But I don't like we. I think because we just had Bryn, she was an infant that we didn't quite weren't in the same circle at that time. But it was nice to kind of meet somebody of a, of a familiar like, oh yes, we were in that same space yeah. at that time. How have you liked River of Life? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I love that you really do feel like a family there. Yeah. It's not too big and it's not too small. And so it just has that kind of Goldilocks perfection yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated. So, and this will relate to you. Um, our pastor has done such a wonderful job and is so humble to be willing to share the pulpit to great teachers. And so he's brought in like Adam Rosenthal and Calvin Friend and you have wonderfully <laughs> had time um, up on the pulpit. And I've really appreciated when you've shared um, one of my favorites, and this wasn't necessarily Sunday church, but um, I remember one of the first times I think I heard you speak was during our women's tea, our Christmas tea, and you came out in your tiara and your formal gown. <laughs> and it was perfect. So my years as a a county princess that really came yep. into play there. <laughs> I knew how to do the wave. Are you a Minnesota girl originally? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. nice. Small town. Yep. Very good. Um, uh, when you did that, it, I think the, the thesis of that speech was about being, like taking ownership in our place as a, as a daughter of Christ, mm-hmm. the king. And, is that, am I right? Yep. And yeah. knowing your royalty. Yeah, yes. I love that. That was great. Um, I appreciate that you speak with such authority in that, and you always sound so well-researched and well-thoroughly thought through. You know, there's people that speak and use a lot of metaphors and idioms or just, you know, like funny stories. It just, you come from it when you speak in a, in a way that's much more in depth or to me feels very like more authentic of like, but this is really based in the word of Christ. So I've always appreciated that. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Do you enjoy public speaking? Um, I love teaching. Ah, there you go. Yes. (laughs) So being a counselor, that's naturally what you do one-on-one. And so over time, God has helped me enjoy public Uh. speaking. (laughs) I always get nervous and I joke. That's just how he keeps me humble. No, sure. (laughs) I mean, he'll keep stretching us to do things that we're not always comfortable in, but you do such a nice job. So I'm surprised. I would assume you'd been like, yes, and sign me up for more. (laughs) Definitely sign me up for more, but I am totally reliant on him to get me through it and and give me the courage every single time I do it. I think that's a good place to be though. I mean, you don't Mm -hmm. want it to be so easy that it's, you don't need, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of always want that. I'm on the edge there and I always need (laughs) that little bit of, uh, can you help? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Get me through this. 
So you mentioned, and we're going to go back into your history here, you were a counselor to start professionally. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Correct. How many years were you? Uh, 20 years. 20 I would years. say I'm kind of still in the business because okay. I'm supervising. So it's been about almost 23 years now, but really the one-on-one therapeutic counseling, I retired from that about two and a half years ago. Sure. So. Um, did you work with adolescents when you first started? Uh, all, all ages. I was actually an in-home family therapist. So I did oh. a lot of crisis therapy and helped uh, reunification if, if parents had their children taken away for any reason, uh, helped facilitate the reunification process. Lots of parenting skills, uh, teaching again yeah. came into play. So I wouldn't have known it then. Mm-hmm. I did not like that. And sometimes you just can't get a great job when you're a new counselor. Yeah. <laughs> but God certainly used it to build a strong foundation oh. for how I would counsel from then on. So then what was the next step in the counseling journey? Did you jump to marriage quite quickly? No, actually, um, you know, my background or my licensure was a marriage and family therapist. So my education was very strong in marriage. Um, But from in-home family, I went to clinical practice with a large hospital firm. And so then that was mostly individual. Mm -hmm. Um, I did do a lot with adolescents, particularly uh, if they had co-occurring disorders, meaning they would have drug use and mental health issues. So that became a specialty for me. And it wasn't until Scott and I, that's my husband, uh, started wanting to do marriage counseling slash coaching as a ministry that I've really focused on the marriage side. Yeah. Did you enjoy that season though in life with adolescents and with some of those harder family issues? I did. You know, I joke that I came from a family that was kind of like Little House in the Prairie. <laughs> so <laughs> I was very blessed. Uh, I, we, I was raised a Christian in a Christian home. Uh, my dad was very loving, approving. I just didn't have a lot of the struggles that I saw some of my other friends going through. So when the Lord called me to be a counselor, and then I was put in these crisis situations, man, that was an education. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's got to be... Yeah. I don't know how you process that or yeah that. but obviously God needed you to do that to be that to be there for that time yeah um you indicated that you said when you met Scott then you got interested in doing some of the marriage counseling does he have a background in that at all he doesn't oh okay. and so that's how you knew it was really God yeah is yep. he used to joke you know I'm I'm just a construction guy and yep. so I don't know anything formally or I wasn't trained by the world as far as the counseling piece, but I know God made me to do it. Yeah. So, um, and you guys had started at this point, you were, you had a, um, divine marriage center. Mm -hmm. When did that start in Elk River? Um, gosh, that's a good question. What year it was. I think it was 2010 was when we started it. So Yeah. yeah. And that was just individual couples coming through. Did you have other, um, other people helping in that ministry or was it just you two at that time? So initially it was just the two of us and um, I had a private practice at that same time Mm -hmm. and so we could use my office Mm -hmm. but it was really under a different banner, a different umbrella of just spiritual coaching because my husband wasn't licensed and we really wanted it to um, be loud and clear that it was biblically based. So we just kind of separated it from um, my 
my private practice, which was still under my licensure, which made it for a beautiful referral source (laughs) because I could really refer to myself or people already knew me in the community. And I could say, hey, if you're looking for something different as far as marriage counseling, we believe it's so much more impactful when you can counsel a couple with a husband and a wife. And traditional marriage counseling, of course, would just be one counselor. How did that affect your marriage at all? Or did it have any impact on your marriage? And maybe that's too personal, sorry. No, not at all. No, it's a blessing. You know, if you're in the word and you're giving marital advice every single day, it's impossible to not reflect on your own marriage. So we always said that was really encouraging and and kept our marriage on a good path. Yeah. Um, The only way I can relate to this story is, so Matthew and I, and I've shared this before in other podcasts, we... um, uh, work with our church and we do the marriage ministry and we do the pre- we do a lot of premaritals and I feel like God always brings the right couple at the right moment of an issue that Matthew and I need to work through or that we need to talk about it's like oh of course they're gonna have that issue right now that I have to because yeah because I have to talk to you about this or you need to talk to me but I know I'm failing in this so bad right now so it's like that I always feel like God also kind of refines us in that and like you said they're ha- there it's almost impossible to not be self-reflective when you're in that moment with those people and being hopefully encouraging to others. Yes. So, so that was going along really well. Now you guys also were trying to write materials or this Mm -hmm. to help supplement or to like build a curriculum. So what did that look like? So the greater vision that we really felt was behind the Divine Marriage Center is that God would expand it. So if that would happen, to be able to equip other couples in order to make it simple so that they didn't have to reinvent the wheel like we Mm -hmm. felt like we had to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a lot of that had to do with me already being a counselor. Mm -hmm. And we were thinking of training up and equipping more uh, lay people, so people who didn't have the formal training and just really felt called by God to be marriage mentors, basically. So uh, writing the book was really that first step into um, helping the everyday man be able to do it. So that's one of the things that as a counselor, uh, a lot of people seem to, I don't know what you say, like compliment me on or recognize in me as they said that I could take complex or more in-depth spiritual concepts and make them simple to understand. So that was really the idea behind the Divine Marriage book. Yeah. And that wasn't the first book you wrote, is that correct? Oh, it was. It was the first one. Okay. But that led the door to other books that you've written. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to talk about some of these ones. So you had written that one and then um, there was Time for a Revolution and then the modern day Holy Woman devotional you've also written. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about It's Time for a Revolution. Is that when there's kind of a change in the ministry, not Mm -hmm. only from marriage, but yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. So in 2020, um, coinciding with uh, the lovely... Nothing nothing was going on in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Major transitions in life. I had already decided before that to retire at my uh, grand old age of 45. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a counselor really young. And so 20 years in the field typically is about the life of a counselor, just because it is really emotionally taxing. I was going to say that has to, I'm I'm assuming, have correlation to the amount of emotional support you're providing and processing that you're doing with some heavy, heavy material and heavy emotional. Yeah. Yeah. So then you usually transition to teaching or advising or something like that. Yeah. So as I was looking to do that, I really felt like 
God was calling me to do some online classes. That would be a great way that I could share the information more to the masses. Yeah. I had a good friend at the time who was uh, very talented in the, the video arena. And so we did a few of these classes and um, enjoyed doing it and, and had some, you know, minimal success with people signing up online. And then the Lord said, I want you to turn this into a book because all of this material that you're trying to teach people is really what I have developed in you and taught you over the course of 20 years. And it's just helpful foundational information about how to live a successful life as a Christian. Yeah. So that book has been then published and mm-hmm. out and have done quite well. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then did that lead also then to modern day Holy Woman devotional or is that just a subset of other pieces of life? It is. So I first taught a, a women's Bible study. Um, I, this is probably 15 years ago. And I taught it on 1 Peter 3. Yeah. It was a, a piece of scripture that's part of our marriage program, really talking about how to be a biblical wife initially. And then as you read through the chapter, it's just about how to be a biblical person, a Christian person. And so um, when I taught that 15 years ago, I didn't have a lot of experience in teaching Bible studies. I had attended them, but not led one. And so I just went online and and found someone else's Bible study and on 1 Peter 3. I knew I wanted it to be on 1 Peter 3. And we had the most amazing eight weeks, me and these nine other women. And it was not me. And it wasn't this Bible study because honestly, it wasn't very good. (laughs) (laughs) We just kind of made up our own questions and it kind of led us through the scripture. But women were healed in their marriage. They were healed in their emotions. We had one woman who had a physical healing, like completely healed of arthritis. Amazing. So at that time, I had another person from that study say, Jessica, you should write a Bible study on this. Write some of the successes that we had and then just make it better because I've never heard of a Bible study on 1 Peter 3 before. So. 15 years later, I finally you, wrote you it. You did it. And it's true. Most Bible studies tend to be a little bit more uh, broad, like oh, all on Peter or all on a specific um, book in the Bible, which can be great for that overarching learning, especially I think, because I find in a lot of Bible studies, it is the, depending on where you are in your spiritual journey, it does feel very overarching or very... Um, Simplified. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's just in that sense of, and it is to me, the women that you're with or the group that you're with that makes, brings the levity to it. And so it's cool to hear of a study that is much more, not only nuanced, but um, laser focused on something Mm -hmm. that God was teaching you and, and wanting you to share out to others to encourage. And it really came out of counseling women for 20 years. So a lot of that is part of the book as well. Just my experience with what is it like to be a Christian woman in our modern day times? Because it's certainly not like it was in biblical times. (laughs) Times have changed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go back to um, the main... um, uh, nucleus of your ministry is the kingdom mindset ministry, correct? Correct. So a lot of these are just kind of offshoots or branches of it. How is that ministry going now today? So the idea behind kingdom mindset is that I would provide resources, advisory services, uh, different teaching seminars, including teaching at a church or preaching on a Sunday and using the ideas that God 
walked out and the Holy Spirit unpacked for me through training people to think like God thinks, because that's really where our healing comes from. And so uh, my books feed into that, online courses that I've developed, and um, just working with other leaders. So that's really what this ministry has turned into. So I'm partnering with uh, several, several different companies and just kind of being a consultant or advisory in that specific area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's super fun. Is there an area of the ministry that you maybe, I shouldn't say it this way, it's like picking your own favorite child, but <laughs> there's an area that maybe you enjoy a little more than others or other parts of it? Um, I would just say supernatural healing is always been part of my heartbeat just because that was the basis for counseling. You know, it wasn't just to validate how someone felt. I wanted to see life transformation for them. Mm -hmm. And whether that was in their mind or in their relationships or in their physical body, I really believed in like the whole body health and how God can redeem us. So almost all of my teaching will point back to that. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, especially if that's something you're, you know, a little leveled up passion about. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I said, I feel bad, like I'm making you choose between children. (laughs) Like but I love that part too. (laughs) Are there parts that are harder than others for you to do or maintain? You know, to be honest, marriage, as much as I have a passion for it and I want to see healing in that, we all know that the world is kind of against traditional biblical marriage. And so learning to navigate that and how we can touch people and bring people back to Mm -hmm. that kingdom mindset around that has been the most difficult challenge. Yeah. And I think that it's become socially acceptable to just focus on our own feelings in marriage versus, I don't want to even just say commitment, but to the partnership that is a marriage. And mm-hmm. so, um, but you have had some wonderful people come alongside you to continue that ministry as you've been focusing on other things, correct? Yes. Yeah. And that's what makes it so wonderful is that God did see that vision for you and has already brought people mm-hmm. to kind of continue that forward. But are you still hoping that ministry then will continue and then maybe even become, like you said, nationally, like push out more material? Are you still hoping that will be a part of that ministry? If that's what God wills, <laughs> I think you would talk to the people who have taken it over for us. Scott sure. and I have really released that. Sure. Uh, we kind of said that we birthed it. And now mm-hmm. um, there's three other couples that are really maintaining it and growing it. And that will be up to them sure. and God and their path and journey with that. But the core of the information and the actual program uh, will continue. And so I'm already developing um, something that would be more formatted. So a small group could do it, a workbook, something like that. So just working on ongoing resources that would be based on the divine marriage. Yeah. Well, and I think God takes us to those seasons for those pieces of our life. Like um, I know we had chatted earlier um, about the way that God equips us for what's next. Mm. And I think we can unhealthily stick in something that God's like, okay, that was for that season. I need you to let that go. So that's yes. a, that's a good and healthy thing. And it's good to hear you say that because <laughs> I don't think I'm always good at that. I just beat the dead horse and keep going until, <laughs> all right, I should have let that go a long time ago. <laughs> Work on that. <laughs> I think it's one of the, the growth periods we all have to go through as a Christian is we have these hopes and dreams for mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and they're great things with a good heart and you want to accomplish something for God's kingdom. But because he wants us to be surrendered, he will ask us to give them up over and over. And then we can trust that he always has something more and mm-hmm. maybe not 
better, like one thing's better than the other, but like you said, it's for this season. This is what I have for you, but we have to be willing to surrender those things. I'm really glad that you hesitated to say better because I think that's the thing. We tend to lay on those platitudes of, but no, it's going to be better when you, versus it might not be better. It might just be what he needs to go through next. <laughs> you yep. kind of be okay with that. <laughs> but I want to say better. <laughs> it, makes me feel more, it makes me feel more comfortable. <laughs> exactly. But that's yeah. not what it's about. <laughs> so you kind of hinted at some of the things that you have coming. Is there anything else that you can share about things that are coming with the Kingdom Mindset Ministries? Sure. Um, I do have another book in the hopper. So uh, just waiting to finalize publication. I'm really excited about this one. It feels like it's really something new. When I first went to work on the Divine Marriage book, I really wrestled with the Lord and said, do we really need another marriage book? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, as a marriage Mm -hmm. counselor, I had read them all trying to equip myself and, and learn about biblical marriage. Um, and so I've struggled even with the other books as well. There's so many great Christian authors out there, but Mm -hmm. something that God has taught me that you kind of spoke into too, is that we might have a message that we speak to someone in a very specific way that no one else can. Mm -hmm. And so I really wrote the rest of my books from that perspective, that if it just changes one life, Lord, Mm -hmm. that was worth it. So, um, with this next book, this is something really different. I've read hundreds. I'm an avid reader. I read a couple books a week. I've read hundreds of Christian books and I've never heard anybody write on this. Okay. So it's about deliverance and how to be free from negative thoughts and what I think is going to be pretty powerful. And it's a 30 day training guide. So every day you learn something new about how to be healthy in your mind. Well, I think that's kind of timely too. I know just with the state of the world and the pandemic and all that, whichever we want to, I feel like everyone blames it on that, but, um, anxiety and mental health and all this have become very hot topics and very, um, you know, uh, very hot topics, things that everyone's talking about. And, um, you're right. I don't see as much Christian writing into some of those topics. And so I think that is a great place to think through. I'll look forward to that. That sounds great. Do you enjoy the writing process? I do now. Okay. So that was something the Holy Spirit had to teach me. <laughs> I love that. Was, just as you said, it made me giggle. That. That's a great answer. I do now. <laughs> I just never thought I would do it. It's mm-hmm. another one of those areas that I wasn't uh, professionally trained in, and I never took any professional writing classes. It mm-hmm. really is him working through me. Sure. Um, I assume, too, that there has to be a great relationship with an editor and publishing house and things like that. Those people really help. Um, get you to where you got to go as well. Like, I think when we, when people think of writing a book, it feels very overwhelming, which is, I'm assuming, <laughs> very true. I've never tried, nor do I have any plans to, but I assume those people would be very helpful. Yes. The longer I'm in ministry, the more I see God really does equip us with certain skills and gifts, and we need each other in order to make projects happen. Yeah. I've just learned more and more in my life that I don't need to be the one driving the bus all the time. That's kind of my favorite analogy of just like, I, I feel like for many years it was like, but I'm driving the bus. Like, and I've got this and this is in whatever. And now it's like, I can, other people can drive the bus and I do better when other people drive the bus or like I am able to help others or others help me in different ways. It's just letting relinquishing that control in some ways was very freeing. So can I add a little kingdom mindset nugget? Yes, I love this. I love this. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, so this is how I would come in and advise someone to kind of adjust in their thinking, which a lot of times our thinking leads to our behaviors and the outcomes in our life. What you just said in the world, people would say, yeah, but it's the people who drive the bus that get the accolades and the recognition. And that's what makes them significant because let's face it, we're all looking for significance, Mm -hmm. which God put in us, by the way, that we are to know we have a destiny and a purpose. So that's how it looks in the world. But in the kingdom, that's just not how God sees success. It's really about your surrender and your willingness in that moment to do what he called you to do. And then he exalts you. So it's just this beautiful thing that we're always kind of living in that tension between, I want to think like God thinks, and I want to know that everything that I do out of submission is seen as beautiful and wonderful, and I receive kingdom rewards for that. But then we live in the world. Right. And (laughs) And, I'm not seeing that instant gratification of those kingdom rewards today. So that makes it much harder. At least that for me is a lot of the hurdle that I find is that it's that instant gratification piece of, I know God's proud of that. I did that or that I have this mindset on this, but it'd be really nice if my neighbor noticed too. (laughs) Exactly. And there is that evil spirit of comparison. We're always, especially with the age of social media, we're always comparing our lives to everyone else's. So I remember growing up, it was I feel like we've talked about comparison or don't compare yourself to others. Like my whole life, I feel like as a, as a woman, and it was always told me because I'm a woman, that's why we're doing those things. And now I feel like in society, or I feel like as a more mature, I don't want to say I'm mature, (laughs) more mature adult, I, I don't see it necessarily as a gender issue. It truly is just a societal issue. And so that was also a little bit freeing for me too, to be like, oh, it's not just because of my genetics that I do this. It's <laughs> also, it's because of the way I think um, society has kind of programmed us or the things that we've been unfortunately introduced to through society. So mm-hmm. yeah. well said. Thanks. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> um, so one of the big things when um, you and I sat down, I really wanted to kind of take this conversation of this amazing ministry that you've had it seems to me it wasn't your goal, obviously, from day one that you're like, when I graduate college, I'm going to do this for 20 years, and then I'm going to create this amazing ministry that God's going to bless me and do. It seems like it came so organically, and God really had called you bit by bit, piece by piece. And as a woman who I just left a very big career in my life, and now I'm a stay-at-home mom, which is a wonderful place that I'm able to do some other opportunities that God has really pushed on, <laughs> asked me to do, and pushed me to do, which is great. Um, but... I think that we as women don't look at our lives in that uh, scope of what we can do to bless others and use as ministry. So I really wanted you to share a little bit about how other women can be encouraged by kind of the journey that you went through to get where you are. Absolutely. So as you can about imagine, as a novice counselor, that can be very overwhelming. And then I was very young to boot. So when I went and did my graduate program, I was doing a, a weekend program because that way I could still work full time. And I went to school with um, mainly 30, 40, 50 year olds. Mm. A lot of times counseling is a second career. Makes a lot of sense actually, because you feel more wise (laughs) the older you are. (laughs) I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I 
think I was only one of two or three 20 year olds. Okay. And so uh, as you graduate and go into these situations, like I mentioned, um, crisis situations with people who are 20, 30 years older than you and you're giving them advice, you just go, who am I, Lord? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really relying on him to um, just give me what I needed in the moment. And he continued to teach me that lesson. Even after I had 20 years of experience, now I should know it all and know. <laughs> it was every client that I met with, every situation that they were having, the Lord was in that moment or right before that preparing me in the very same ways in my own life. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. And so I have taught that to my clients, especially women for years, that we have to believe God is equipping us for what we need at the time that we need it. Yeah. And what anxiety would that relieve in us if we believe that to be true? I, it would be game-changing, I think. And also, um, I hate the adage where people are like, what would you do if you couldn't fail? The kind of thing. But mm-hmm. that same, it's the same, in the same vein of if you knew what you were going to do was going to meet whatever God needed it to be, no matter what the outcome looked like, and to have the freedom to be like, then that means success is success and failure is success and mediocre landing in the middle is success. Like that's what God needed. And that's, that would be game changing. And to believe that then you could have an impact or have an influence in other people's lives, whether that's your spouse or another woman or your children, knowing that God is leading you through that, that too, how much more confident would we feel? Yeah. I, I think it's important to think through, that as women in ways that we assume the things that we're doing every day is not impacting anybody. Like I'm making lunch for my kids today. Great. Here's your peanut butter jelly sandwich. Moving on with life. (laughs) But it does make a difference. Or when the neighborhood kid is over and they have a sandwich with us and that they see us pray before we eat and they don't pray at home or things like that. Mm -hmm. And I just forget to think through all those pieces of our everyday lives or that those things God is calling or God is using each and every day. What words of advice or wisdom do you have for uh, other women? I think a lot of us sit in this zone, like I spoke to earlier. Uh, I know God was calling me to do stuff for years and not wanting to do it. (laughs) I guess the simplest advice would be to take the first step. Hmm. And that it really is about trusting him more than you trust yourself. And even though there's some great Christian books out there. I hope you buy mine. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And there's podcasts and there's sermons and there's devotionals. I just think sometimes as women, we can be overwhelmed with those things. Um, And so I just really try to encourage women that if you are walking with the Lord and especially taking that time to rest, there is such incredible healing. And I would say even spiritual downloads that happen in that time of resting with him and spending alone time with him that he truly will give you all that you need. And maybe he'll lead you to read one of those books, but then at least it won't come out of this anxiousness of, I need to figure out life. I need to read another book so that I can help my kids, whatever that might be. There's just more of a relaxed reassurance when you trust that God's walking you through this process. Yeah. I, I love hearing, like, even that just brings me calm. Like, I just feel like mm-hmm. that it's such a much better place to come from in all aspects of life. Cause I do feel I make a lot of choices based on, but I need to, and I have to, or this person will see I didn't do this or what if, what if they don't know that I didn't, you know, whatever. 
And so it's a nice, nice reassurance to go if I can come from a place of, but I know I'm serving the Lord in the right way and for the right purposes. The rest doesn't matter. shouldn't bring me that anxiousness. Um, I have a random story that will lead me into a great question. <laughs> That's the best I can say. Um, you and a couple of uh, the wonderful women from our church had a ministry that met in the basement of the Divine... Um, so it was called the... Divine Comfort. The Divine Comfort. That's what it was. I apologize. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Um, the Divine Comfort, which was a wonderful space for women to come together. There was always mainly one person that would share something that was on their heart or um, going on in their lives. And then from that... There would be some worship and there would be some prayer time and things like that. And I remember I was in a pretty low season for me. I was still teaching at that point. I had attempted to create this podcast, but it wasn't a podcast at the time. It was a vlog. It went horribly. I felt horrible about it. I just I was in this space of, okay, God, I, I thought I was doing what you wanted me to do, but obviously I'm not, and I just give up. I feel cr- cruddy about the whole thing. And I went there. It was my first time there, and... One of our friends, um, Trisha, who was actually the first podcast I ever did, <laughs> bless her heart, um, she kind of could tell I was down and was like, how's it going, whatever, and she asked me straight away, how's the vlog? Because I had mistakenly, no, I shouldn't say that, <laughs> I had shared with her that I was trying, attempting this, and I just started crying, and I was just like, ah, it's not, and I just didn't have words, and her first thing she said to me was, who's your tribe? Who are your people? Who is around you that's... And I felt, step one, I was like, I don't have that. <laughs> I felt Aww. really incredible. And then I watched me feeling even worse, which was not her making me feel bad, but it was like the, oh, I'm just not doing this right. So my question, after that horrible story, was in order for you to find, not success, but to feel rejuvenated and encouraged and to continue you know, day day in, day out of regular life, do you have that? Do you find that it's, it's other women or other uh, couples around you that have poured into you to help you find success or to help encourage you through this time? Absolutely. And I would tell you it was pivotal and essential, Mm. life-changing when I started to build my tribe. Mm. And that wasn't something that I had done previous to becoming a counselor. But I think it was out of necessity Mm -hmm. because I was floundering that I really needed that support. And so God just started putting some really incredible people in my life to first mentor me. And then from that kind of entered into friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I have a a good friend that was just posting about this. Um, You know, some people are a little more comfortable sharing things on social media than others. But she had shared in her social media post of like, she really felt that she didn't have that, like a friend, like she's like, I've talked to maybe one or two people consistently and everybody else is that very surface levely friendship and my heart broke for her. But I also feel like I, I feel like I kind of fall in that same camp too. I feel like I have a lot of great surface level friends, but you're right. The, the need for that in depth beyond my partner, who I feel like I have a wonderful, I feel like God really nailed it. (laughs) Like I I just, I feel like he is, he's your person. He's my person. And so I sometimes though become too reliant on that Mm -hmm. and that, that, that um, satiates me, but it can't, it, you know, I have to branch out from there. So, um, I'm encouraged to hear you say that. Um, what would you say to friends or to women that, how do you build that? It's so hard as an adult to create those friendships or to cultivate that. One of my number one recommendations, because of course this was actually a therapeutic recommendation I would give many of my clients, because depression and anxiety is 
um, very isolating. Mm -hmm. And so to get back out there and, and form that group of support is essential. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one of the best ways to do that is to volunteer, is to go and serve in your community, find like-minded people, something that you're passionate about, and uh, spend time pouring into that and you will find that you will connect with those people. Yeah. I want to say you preached about that one Sunday. You, I remember you talking about serving and to that, that piece of, it sounds counterintuitive to, to give of yourself, to get back. Especially when you feel empty. Yes. Especially when you're empty and like you said, depressed or feeling anxious or isolated. Um, but it made so much sense. And I, I specifically remember you sharing about that and being like, yeah, that makes sense, and I should probably do that more. <laughs> I'm convicted a lot during church, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Well, I can't tell you, I really appreciate you being willing to share kind of your process of how you've built up this ministry and how it's impacting others. Is there other things that you can share with us about the impact it's had on other people or are within our communities? I know you've started community helped start Community Table, which is another great ministry. Yeah, I think um, the overall life lesson that I'm really getting out of Kingdom Mindset is that God has called us to impact the masses mm -hmm. and not just leaders, not just, again, like the world would see. It's not just the famous preachers and pastors on TV or someone who has a really thriving podcast, but each of us. Yeah. And if we could have the spiritual lenses, I wish that was something that, you know, we could create and give out and it would radically change people's lives if they could see from God's perspective the difference that they're making and that they truly are affecting the masses and the generations. The, the mom who made the peanut butter jelly sandwich for the neighbor, that that may impact generations. Mm. That blows my mind. And that's what Kingdom Mindset is about. Yeah. Well, and we can relate that back to the conversation about um, comparing. Can you imagine mm -hmm. if that lens would, and all of a sudden this, there's this leveled field of what you do is just as important and just as impactful, like you said, to God's kingdom would change all of our yeah, day-to-day -day interactions and our, I don't, I just feel that would be so encouraging. Like to me, I feel just every day, like pumped, like, all right, I can't wait for that. Like, you know, there's yes. days when you do something that God really, I feel like God breathed into that day of like, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would be like that all the time. <laughs> exactly. And we seem to only celebrate what we would say are the big wins. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true. in the kingdom, we have no idea how those little actions are creating tremendous ripple effects in the broader spectrum. In the kingdom, yeah. those things are huge. Yeah. Well, again, I can't thank you enough for being here. I want to encourage everybody to go listen. You do nice little um, mini lessons in your podcast. They're about you know 20 minutes long that are just these great encapsulating thoughts and and I guess lesson, again, being a teacher, <laughs> to share. And I think those are... that. That is a very edible, um, digestible, that's the word I wanted to use, a very digestible way um, for people to think through and hopefully start different paths and different steps and different directions. And I think that's great. So I encourage everybody to go listen to that. Um, all the other information, uh, uh, links to your books and to the Kingdom Ministries, uh, Kingdom Mindset Ministry um, will be in the show notes. So I encourage people to check that out. But any other wise words to leave us with? I don't think so. Okay. I think you asked me all the questions. That was good. <laughs> well, you did great. Thanks oh, so much thank for you. being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. 
All right, I just have to say again, thank you so much, Jessica, for coming and sharing all your wisdom. Thank you for sharing about your ministries. Listeners, I hope you take the time to check out our show notes. There's a bunch of information about how you can engage with Jessica um, through her ministries, but also check out the books that she has written. And I'm so excited for this new book to come out. We'll make sure to share that link as soon as it is published. And again, I hope you guys enjoyed this great conversation with Jessica, and I hope you'll tune in for our next conversation on the Recourse Podcast. We'll see you soon.